0: You are listening to The Gig Coach Podcast, designed for anyone who wants to learn the secrets to becoming a successful professional entertainer without a record deal or even a song on the radio. I'm your host, Rockin' Rick Bell, but they call me The Gig Coach because I love helping performers achieve their dreams of earning a living with their talent just like I have. Who am I and what qualifies me to talk on this subject? I've been a full-time professional solo entertainer playing over 300 well-paid gigs a year for over a decade. I ditched my corporate day job in 2008 to play music full-time and it was the best career decision I ever made. Over the years, I developed a unique combination of performing live guitar and vocals along with backing tracks and blending DJ music in throughout my live performances. This combination has proven to be a gold mine for me. And now, I want to share my secrets with performers who want to turn their passion into their profession. Go to thegigcoach.com and join the Gig Coach Workshop. It's free to join and you'll receive a training module from my course, Booked Solid, Playing Solo for Good Pay when you join the workshop. Go to thegigcoach.com and join the workshop today. I have a question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a guitar player. Didn't care much about singing, but I had to sing because I was kind of the default singer in all of the bands I ended up forming. But I wanted to play the guitar. It's all I really wanted to do. My uncle had an electric guitar when I was a kid. I was about five years old. He owed my dad some money, which was normal. He usually did. So as collateral... I think he borrowed $20 from my dad. He left an electric guitar at our house for probably a couple of years. Took a long time to pay that 20 bucks back. The electric guitar came in a case, a standard like a Fender Strat or a Tele case, but it had an amplifier built into the case. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. They're quite rare. Had a little probably six inch speaker in the the guitar case and you would take the guitar out and stand the case up, you know, open it up and stand it. And that would be your amplifier. So I took that guitar and started to, you know, I could play by ear. I could hear songs on the radio and play one-string melody things with them. So that began my passion for the guitar. And I ended up, you know, never wanting to, to put it down. But all I wanted to do was grow up and be able to play the guitar. And that never really left me. I had to do other things in life, as we often do. But as I got older, one of the things I realized was that if I wanted to play the guitar, I was going to have to be paid, you know, some money to do that. And if I wanted to do it full time, which was my dream, my dream was just to play music. I didn't want to have to work, (laughs) you know, have to work. And of course we all do music as you will find out when you get into this full time, like I did many years ago, it ends up being work, but it's a good kind of work. It's the best kind of work you can find. I've done the cubicle thing. I've done well in corporate America, did about 13 years in that hell on earth, uh, and I've done some other things. I was a police officer, actually, for some years in my in my previous life, but I always played the guitar and continued to sing and do music. I play the piano and a few other things also, but what I want to talk to you about on this episode is to always be eager to learn, keep your mind open to Talk to the people who have done this. If you want to play music full-time like I did, you're going to have to learn how to monetize your art, your talent, your playing. You have to monetize it. You've heard the uh, the phrase, the starving artist. Well, that is a true phrase because most artists never really learn how to monetize their talent. And that's what the gig coach information is all about. I have a course called Booked Solid Playing Solo for Good Pay that really outlines everything I talk about on this channel and a lot more. You see, you need a blueprint to navigate the waters of the entertainment business. And it's a business. It's where things are bought and sold. And the product is your talent. But you have to learn how to package that talent and do some other things. So if you go to my website, the and sign up for the newsletter. You get a free course that will tell you a lot of stuff. So I highly encourage you to do that. But what I want to speak with you about today is listening to your elders. Okay. Again, I started this when I was young. My first band, I was 14. First time I got received pay for playing and I said, Oh, I can do this. But as I went through the years uh, with the band and did the the band thing, I realized that if I wanted to live my dream of playing the guitar as much as I wanted to and get paid for it, I was going to have to be a solo performer. And I don't mean a solo performer with an acoustic guitar sitting on a stool. That will only take you so far, and it's not very far. Now, unless you're a record recording artist, that's not who we're speaking to here. We're speaking to regular people. The 99.9999% of all of us who are never going to be famous playing our acoustic guitar, singing our own songs. That's just a fact of life. So what you're going to have to do is build an act that gives people what they want to hear, gives the audiences variety in music. That's how I've made a full-time living a very good living doing music is by providing variety. I have something called the Gig Coach Method that I, I put together many years ago before anyone was doing this. And what I figured out to do was, first of all, I needed to perform with track music, well-recorded track music behind me that had all the parts. I'm solo here, so I need a bass, guitar, drums, keyboards, organ, horns, strings, strings backup vocals. I would do my own backup vocals and stack them on the harmonies on the, on the uh, tracks that I made. And I've been doing that for since the 80s, when they first came out with MIDI uh, music. And that's a whole other story. But I've been doing it a long time. And I built a track library over the years. That was the first thing I had to do was get some variety in the sound of a solo artist. If you're just playing the acoustic guitar and singing, you may be fantastic you're probably better than me. That's not the issue. It's that it gets boring. No matter who you are, if you're not a recording artist and you're not in a designated listening room in a listening environment, you know there are very few of those anymore. They're usually open mic nights and there's no money involved. The things I talk about in The Gig Coach involve you earning money doing this. You can play for free forever for the rest of your life if you choose to. You can go sit out at the, at the park in your town and put a tip jar out or, or not and just play for free. That's not what I'm talking about. This is how to build a career that will pay your mortgage payment and pay your car payment and the insurance that continually seems to go up, the utilities, you know, the grocery bill. You have to earn money to pay all those things. Then you can have a day job and do music on the side. I really wanted to perform because I'd seen some people doing it. They were successful. I studied them. They were typically older than me. And that's what I uh, want to tell you in this video. Don't discard people because they may be older than you. There is a real age bias thing in the music business. And I, it, you know, I was part of that when I was younger and first coming out, say in my 20s. I thought I was hot stuff. Everyone does when you're in your small town and you are a big fish in a small pond. You're someone special. When you get out in the real world of, you know, get to Nashville or I really get to any metropolitan city, I happen to live uh, near Austin, Texas. Now, I, I wasn't raised near Austin, but when I, when I moved here, it was uh, quite an experience to see all of the talent. There, there are thousands of talented, very talented people who will never make any money Playing music or enough money to pay for the bills to keep their family fed. So, the Gig Coach is um, a method that teaches you how to blend you playing with track music and adding in DJ music with your show. Now, if you're a purist musician who said, I would never do that, I I'm, a, I'm an artist and I don't do DJ. That's fine. This isn't for you. This is for people who want to earn money, who want to do a career with their talent and play for multitudes more people than the person who says, I'm not going to do that. I'm an artist. They're going to have a small sliver of an audience for their entire career. That's the, way it, that's the truth. The people who are willing to give the audiences what they want, their phones are going to be ringing all the time with gig opportunities so much that they are going to have to offload some of the gigs to some of their friends, which is what I do. I end up being a kind of a mini booking agency, not on purpose just because I can't handle the, the deals, you know, the gig requests coming to me. Now, is it, does that mean I'm so fantastic? Everyone wants me. <laughs> no, I just have developed this system that makes buyers really happy And my calendar stays full year-round with over 300 gigs a year. So when you're you're wanting to learn how to do something, you need to find someone who's done it. Not someone, you know, younger than you who's not done even as much as you've done, but someone who's older. And there's, again, a, a great age bias in the music business. The young players seem to think the older players are not good or can't teach them anything. That's a misconception because the guys who have been playing for 30 years, I mean really playing, they can usually play circles around what I call the YouTube players. The guys who learn to play a few licks on YouTube and they can play them really well, but they don't have an overall depth of music ability, education, understanding. They may not understand how music theory works and what motor, modes are and how that all is a person who's done it a long time now not a weekend warrior i'm not talking about someone who's played in a band on every other saturday night for the last 25 years well, nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do but you're not maybe going to learn a lot from them about how to build a career in music because they have not done it it's just been their pot, their hobby They're hobby players nothing wrong with that most people are but if you Want to build a career where you don't have to get up at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning and go punch a clock or go show up or go stand behind a retail counter dealing with rude customers all day or taking food orders or working on numbers and some kind of uh, analysis job? You want to play music for a living? I I can show you how to do that. So always try to listen and learn from the people who are a little bit older than you. Quick story. Uh, probably 10 years ago now, I was asked, I was doing my solo show and I was doing well with it. But the thing about playing solo all the time is if you're a guitar player, I'm a lead guitar player. So I play fiddle and banjo, some other, you know, mandolin, other instruments and that you get the itch to want to play with a band. You want to go play with a band. Now, every time I do that, I ask myself about halfway through the first set. Why did I want to do this? Because when you play with tracks all the time, you become a very disciplined player. It's the same thing as being in a studio with a click track in your ear, recording. It has to be right on the beat. You've got a click you're playing with. When you're playing with tracks, you're playing with a click track constantly. The tracks are a click. So any deviation from from the beat of a song dragging, speeding up, Will really throw you off uh, when you try to go play with a band if you are used to doing solo work, solo guitar. It will be like fingers on a chalkboard when they get off beat. You know, and it's natural. Drummers are going to drift a little bit. They just do. Very few of them are locked onto the beat. If they've done a lot of studio work, they typically are tighter with their um, their beat. They don't drift as much. But. Generally speaking, when you go and play with a band, it's like, why am I doing this? So a few years ago, a friend of mine asked me to fill in uh, for the guitar player. They were looking for a guitar player, and I'm in Texas, and Texas has its own music scene. It's called Texas music. Some call it red dirt music. Part, you know, Oklahoma is involved in that, but it's a Texas scene, and it's a vibrant scene. I mean, the... um, the A-list acts in the Texas music scene, they're making $40,000, $50,000 a night doing concerts plus merch. Their merch is maybe another forty dollars or $50,000, depending on the venue. But they're real acts. You'll, you will have never heard of them outside of Texas, probably. They're, they're country music acts. It's a Texas kind of country. They can call it Texas country. But you won't hear of them anywhere. Some of them... Got a little bit of a breakthrough in Nashville, but it never really kind of works for them. There was a guy named Pat Green who did, who broke through with a song called Wave on Wave, but it never really worked. The Nashville thing doesn't kind of connect with the Texas deal. Anyway, there was one of these Texas acts that was poised and ready to, you know, get into that A list group of 30,000 on a low side, 25,000. Thousand a night, you know, for maybe a Thursday night show. Friday nights, 30 and up. Saturday night, headliner things, 40 or 50 grand. So that's what they make. So I was asked to go out and play lead guitar on a tour with these these guys. (laughs) And they were all, uh, you know, in their 20s, younger guys. And they never, they kind of treated me like a, um, I don't know, a, a stepchild that was. Brought in, you know, and oh, they kind of held their nose and played with me. Now, the fact of the matter was, I'm not bragging. I'm telling you, this is the story. It really happened. I could play circles around any of them because I've been doing it since I was, you know, five years old. I know how to play. That's why they hired me. I can play really fast. I get a bunch of different sounds and tones and all of that stuff. I can do it. Been doing it a long time. You know, so what? But these guys were real cocky and and stuff. And at the time, I was doing a solo show at the State Fair of Texas every year, 27 days in a row. On a stage in the Coliseum, I did a daily show. It's a featured daily show. Seven shows a day, seven days a week for 27 days. Huge contract. And I had that for several years. So I And part of that was... I could get bands into the very lucrative state fair, possibly on the main stage, on a weeknight, you know, on an off night, not a a headline weekend night. Or maybe I could, maybe I'd get them to open. But I had the connections to do that. And when I told these guys, hey, man, would you like to play at the state fair? They just kind of laughed it off. and I don't think they even believed I really played at the state fair. (laughs) But I did. It was that arrogance they had. And I just saw that start to, it was so prevalent all the time. This kind of a bias because I was older than them. And, you know, I didn't want to slam tequila shots off of a girl's boobs. I'd already been there and done that. I was not interested in getting hammered at every gig (laughs) to where the next day you feel like you had the flu for two days with the hangover. I'd been there, done that. I'll drink a beer with you, have a good time, but I'm not, I don't want tequila shots all night till I have to be carried out to the van. Not fun for me. So, anyway, said all that just to say the guy that the singer, the lead singer, had money behind him. He actually was working for one of the top booking agencies in the Austin, Texas area. And he he had all the connections. He had everything in place, had a big investor. And they threw, oh my God, a lot of money, probably hundreds of thousands into his act. About the third time I played with them, they were talking about the singer not being able to hear himself. And that's why he was off pitch sometimes. I gently corrected them and said, no, he's not off pitch because he can't hear. His pitch fluctuates because his pitch, his pitch fluctuates. He's not that great a singer. No, all he needs is in-ear monitors. We all need ears. Everybody's got to go to ears. That's what you know. You call in-ear monitors ears. So the investor bought, I don't know, fifteen thousand dollars worth of in-ear monitors and sending units, and everybody had ears, and that was supposed to fix the lead singer's problem. I knew it wouldn't because I told them. When they were buying all these ear in ear monitors, I said, all that's going to do is let him hear better and hear how off pitch he is. If he can't stand in a room with us, with me playing acoustic guitar in the green room and get on pitch, he can't sing on pitch. He's got pitch issues. Good friends of mine in Nashville, uh, uh, one of them was actually, he was the manager of Rascal Flats and he was he was the first manager they had. He and a partner. You can look it up. His name's Doug Nichols. I grew up with him. My hometown, he was a drummer, went to Nashville in 1980. Doug would tell me, the way you could really tell a singer, a real singer, was that when they had a radio interview at 6:30 a.m as they were doing promotion for their records, that artist could roll out of bed at 6: 30. And hit his note perfectly. Didn't have to go through extensive warm-ups, all that. He could show up at a radio station at 6.30 in the morning, and if they asked him to sing part of his new song, he could deliver with no pitch variation. And my friend said that he he happened to work with two of the best singers in the business. Before he was with Rascal Flatts, he was the road manager, not the full manager, the road manager for Brooks and Dunn, a big country act. And he correctly says that Ronnie Dunn, who was really the lead singer of Brooks and Dunn, he said he was the best singer in in country music. That's what my friend Doug would say. And then when he went to work for Rascal Flats and they broke, um, he said that Gary Laveau, the lead singer of Rascal Flats, was the great you know, the best singer in country music at the time. I believe, and they were both great singers, but that's how you could tell a good singer. They can roll out of the bed and hit their notes. So needless to say, with the in-ear monitors, this band, this guy, and they had all the money, they had everything behind them, but they didn't have the talent. And they wouldn't listen. I, I could have helped them a lot. I could have put them at the State Fair of Texas where... On a given night, if you're on the main stage, I don't know, 80,000 people will be exposed to you because they don't have small speakers. You know, they have the Chevrolet stage where there's a Chevy truck hanging suspended over the stage. It's a big deal at the State Fair of Texas, but all that said. So if you're you're, uh, building a career and you want to do this, you want to make money doing it, I can really help you. Again, I have a course called Book Solid Playing Solo for Good Pay. And it is very extensive. There's a lot in it. Right now, at the time of the recording of this um, podcast, it's at a great discount because we're still filling out the modules. I think there may be 35 video modules already in it and a lot more to come. It is going (laughs) It will be the best investment you ever make in your career. If you want to do this and make money doing it, if you want to get booked, and again, you don't have to do it full-time, but you could have a very lucrative part-time career two or three nights or more a week. But most people that figure out they need to do the gig coach method, when they do that, they're able to go full-time. And that's just the way it is because very few people in the entertainment business Know how to deliver exactly what an audience wants. And when you see the techniques that I've developed over, again, 20 years, I guess, of doing this, or close to it, you'll understand why I've been able to make a living and continue to this day to do that. So check out the website. Fill out the email. And I would love to see you inside the Gig Coach Workshop.